You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Yeah, I had long hair at that point, so they kind of fit with this particular band. Will you post a photo of this? Not a damn chance. Damn no. it! <laughs> damn it! Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Ready, set, hook! And it is episode 85, the Two and Out CFL Podcast. I'm Travis Curra. Brazilian tie is off for totally legitimate reasons this week. So I am joined by Empire Andrew. If Odell Willis is the... Mayor of Commonwealth? Well, I, I might say Andrew is the premier of Commonwealth. <laughs> this guy's got access. He's got the key to the city. He's got everything. Are you sure you're not too big for us little two and out chumps yet? Oh, my goodness. I'm nowhere near that big, but uh, I am honored that you asked me to come back. You know how much fun I have yeah. doing this. So uh, this this is fantastic. I, I love to be here. So the CFL Twitter Awards are back on. It's that time of year again. Is this a conflict of interest? Uh, no, no, it isn't, because uh, this just gives me more time to promote my repeat as champion. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I, I say that like I, you know, it, it's so hard because it, we're, we're all friends yeah, doing the podcast. <laughs> and uh, it was it was really cool that we got that last year. And, and you know, you always want to kind of be in the race. But uh, I, I just think it's a fun thing. And, and it's it's great that everybody gets that opportunity and you get a chance to get in there and get some votes. It's, it's, a, it's a fun little game. Here is how far that we have jumped the shark. We have literally offered free tickets to anybody who nominates us for the best podcast account, the CFL Twitter Awards, to this Friday's Rough Rider game in Regina and this Saturday's Edmonton game in Edmonton. Zero nominations since what? we came out with that promotion. So that's how that's how much we mean on the Twitter sphere. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to nominate you right now. Okay. And then I will take your tickets and give them away on my show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to take our tickets and give them away to your people. That works for me. See? Wouldn't that work? Exactly. You still get your nomination. It's all that matters, isn't it? That's all that matters. I'll do it. I'll sell my soul for that nomination. <laughs> In the huddle on the Two It Out podcast. You know, this past week wasn't the biggest week as far as news goes, but I'll throw this to you. Terry Jones came out with a very interesting article saying that basically the Edmonton Eskimos have been saddled with a $1 million injury bill. And to put it in perspective, usually it sits right around or they budget right around half a million this year. So. It's been a bad year for injuries in the city of champions. You, you don't say. <laughs> you don't say. Um, you know, when you start thinking about it, though, J.C. Sherritt, Adarius Bowman, John White, Corey Greenwood, all down in the first basically four weeks of the season, yeah. and all of them on the sixth game, and three of them basically gone for the season, you've almost hit your 500 grand right there. So wow. once you start adding in all of these other guys, I mean, I, I don't think the, the six game list hasn't been under 20 players since I don't why well, since what week one Brutal. it's been, it, it went up to 20 and it's been there basically the whole time. So it, it doesn't surprise me. And it's, it's a crazy number and, uh, you know, not a, not a record you want to have, but, uh, the fact that you have that kind of an injury bill and you're still sitting in third, well, I, I'll take that as a benefit, I guess. 
I did hear rumblings that J.C. Sherritt might be be able to return if they make it deep in the playoffs. Yeah, I, what I've heard is that if he makes, if we make it to the Grey Cup game, that he'd be able to dress for the game. I don't know if that means that he'd be able to play, but he would definitely be able to dress for the game. So, I mean, that's that's a miracle when you think of what he had to go through to get there. So, uh, I mean, he's such a tough dude, though. It, it might happen, but uh, we've we've got to get through game one first before we worry about his JC Sherritt coming back. And what do you think about that? I feel like if you make it through the semi and then the final, you've made it to the Grey Cup. Do you really have to change what got you there? Well, and that's what I'm saying, though, is that yeah. he could dress. Yeah. It doesn't mean that he starts. Right. right? Um, now, if he is 100% and he's J.C. Sherritt, how do you not start him? But uh, if he is healthy enough to be there and be dressed, then he is there as the backup. But I believe that actually plays a role in getting your name on the cup afterwards. Don't you have to play or dress for one of the playoff games? Isn't that how it works? So so I think that would actually help him that way if that's the case. And let's face it, he's a leader on the sidelines as well. Some things uh, looking up for Edmonton. Suddenly they're kind of getting... A bit healthy here and there. Sean White back at practice. That has to be one of the most welcome sights in that city in a, since Connor McDavid was drafted. Like, <laughs> the kicking game has been sad. And I, I thought Swayze Waters was a, well, he was a great kicker before he went down to the NFL. Of course, BC saw that, hey, we're going to go with the rookie over Swayze. And he's been okay. I mean, in Edmonton since coming back. Definitely better than Hugh O'Neill kicking field goals, but definitely not Sean White at field goals. Exactly, exactly. And and you hit the, the nail on the head there is the fact that Swayze Waters has actually played better or, or kicked had a better average than Hugh O'Neill. And, uh, and, but, I mean, if you have the chance to have Sean White, I mean, the yeah. tweet came out today that he was on the field and practicing, and there was this ray of sunlight coming down on Commonwealth Stadium that you could see through all of Edmonton and there was sounds of angels <laughs> and the hallelujah song was playing and so so yeah I mean we're all excited that Money White might be back and, and whether that's this Saturday or whether that's next week uh, is still is kind of up in the air at this moment but uh, we're going to see Money back right away and it's perfect timing to get him back. It's kind of funny because in August it didn't seem like this was going to be a serious injury that he'd be out this long. Yeah, that's very true. And and it, I don't know if there was a, a setback or what happened, but I, I mean, the other part of it is you got to think about it. They have 26 guys on the six game roster. You have three trainers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, well, sorry, buddy. <laughs> If it's anything like our emergency rooms, well, uh, sorry, Sean White, you're going to be waiting about eight hours today, so come back <laughs> that's, tomorrow. That's, you know, like there's there's a lot of things like that 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 contribute. So, um, but I think um, I, I think it actually came down to I, I I saw Sean outside of practice one day, and he just said like it, I'd probably be fine if I was doing tackling and run, but because I'm specialized as a kicker that that could be it, it, there's a higher risk of, of re-injury yeah right? so so 
definitely longer than we thought, and uh, but just happy to see him back. C.J. Gable was also back practicing this week. It was just a minor thing. Uh, I think it was, if it was the playoffs, he would have played last week, but they gave him the week off. Uh, injuries in Ottawa. Brad Sinopoli out for the year with a shoulder injury. And you know what? Rick Campbell seems to be a pretty good liar when it comes to injuries, too. Jarrell Gavin's literally carted off the practice field on Tuesday. He was on crutches on Wednesday, and they still wouldn't rule him out of the game this weekend. Uh, I think he's probably not going to be playing unless he can use crutches on the field when you're you know, covering. I don't know. I've never seen it, but I wouldn't hold it past uh, Jarrell Gaffins. Well, you know, I would say that he could probably on the be on the field with crutches if they were playing Montreal. Hey, that's really a good point. <laughs> I mean... I, there's definitely an opportunity there, but uh, but Brad Sinopoli loss. Oh my goodness, that is yeah. painful. That that is a huge loss at the wrong time of year, and uh, I, I feel sorry for him because he always gets so pumped for this time of year, and and uh, hard to see him not on the field right now. As for injuries in Saskatchewan, Cameron Marshall will not be playing. Looks like precautionary reasons. Naaman Roosevelt will not be playing. So Trent Richardson's going to get a bit more carries. And Deron Carter is going to be playing corner again. They did say he's going to be doing both ways. But last week, they said that too. And he never saw an offensive snap. Did you get screwed over in CFL Fantasy? Did not. I did not bite on that. Although I, I am thinking about it for this week. I just, I don't know. But I was really glad that they announced Cameron Marshall isn't playing. So I'm going to take him off of my fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to copy you because uh, in the pool that I made, you were destroyed. What was, has been your strategy this year? Uh, you know what? The biggest strategy, and I, I just learned this as, as just watching some other guys, I very rarely play a defense unless I know that that defense is going to actually get me some points. Right. I very rarely play a defense, and I've just been stocking up on the on your guys and and worrying about that flex guy being one that you've actually researched a little bit um, because you got to find that one or two cheap guys that are going yeah. to get you some points. But then you then you go for the slam dunks. I mean, right now. Trevor Harris is the, as Brazilian Ty says, the the cheap version of Mike Riley. And if you can if you can get Harris and Ellingson on a good game, that can rack up fifty points rather quickly. Or last week with uh, Mazzoli and Banks, you happen to pair up the right guys and away you go. So that's kind of been the strategy that I've used. It hasn't worked every week, but uh, most weeks it at least keeps me in the running, and then I then I can go off after, on a good week. So anytime Montreal is on bye, do not pick a defense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, even when they're pl- – see, they're playing this week, and right now I have the Saskatchewan Me defense. Me too, yeah. Oh, well, because it's going to be at least a couple turnovers, <laughs> quite likely a pick six, and Montreal's not going to score a whole lot, so you're going to get the base points right there. So <laughs> – that one, see, you. I know I'm going to get points. At the beginning of the year, I was playing defenses and only getting like six or eight yeah. points. I'm like, what the hell? I can put that into a into a, a more expensive running back and get 24. So, right. But I, I think Saskatchewan's a pretty safe bet against Montreal this week. I wonder if maybe they will tweak the pricing a little bit next year because of that reason. I find that on DraftKings, it's a little bit more easier to you know, not have to play a dirt cheap guy, but on TSN, you basically have to, 
at least you know take a gamble on one player that's twenty five hundred dollars or whatever. Unless of course, yeah, you don't play a defense because man, it <laughs> they they're stingy with that forty k that they give you to fill out your roster. Oh, absolutely. And th- any of the Eskimos have almost been they're they're all overpriced as oh, far yeah. as I'm concerned. Like I. I love Mike Riley, but fourteen grand? Like, come on! Unless I have three perfect, cheap twenty five hundred option guys, I can't take that. That's that that wrecks your roster. And the guys that have found ways to work him in, I I applaud them because yeah. I've I've tried. I'm like. Yeah, I can't pull this off. There's just no way I can trust these other guys are going to get points. Yeah, I have a hard time spending over a third of your salary on one guy. Yeah, exactly. I I try to run it like a real team. Okay. (laughs) So Um, like... Sure. uh, (laughs) Like Montreal. That's what my teams looked like. (laughs) (laughs) Spent all that money on the damn quarterback and the rest of my team sucks. And my quarterback sucks, so... Well, that's... uh, Yeah, that is... That's... uh, that's art imitating life right there. That's it's been one is. of those weird seasons for me. Like, I picked Bo Levi Mitchell the week they played Hamilton. They won 60-1, to one, but Bo only had to throw, like, three passes, so they just threw him off the field. Like, well, and he only played a half, right? Yeah. So, and, and that's part of when I'm starting to pick, especially this time of year. Yeah. you really got to be aware, like, okay, well, are they going to rest? Levi for half the game are they going to you know are they going to be playing Devaris Daniels the for the whole game or you know in Saskatchewan is it actually going to be Kevin Glenn for the whole game or is it going to be Brandon Bridge is it like there's so many things this time of year and it's right in the crunch time where you need those points it's going to be a fun last couple of weeks there was some big news in Saskatchewan Brendan Labatt signs with the Riders for a four-year extension, a lot of people saying it may be some nice salary cap move. Usually, you do not see over three years. They're saying the riders maybe actually have some cap space, throw them a big bonus this year, spread the rest over four years, and it's a great signing. He's only 32. He's from Weyburn. He's become kind of their new Iron Man on the offensive line. It seems like the riders always have one from the province. Big, strong farm boy that can just throw out there and do everything on the O-line. He could play center, tackle, and guard. That is a big signing and a big extension for the riders. Absolutely it is. And he's a great offensive lineman. And I think they actually kind of did that contract much like the one that Matt O'Donnell signed here for four years in the in the offseason and I think that was the same type of idea we can throw you a bonus now let's get to four years let's lock up the giant and have him on the line so I think it's a great signing for the Riders. Still for the Riders they signed TJ Thorpe last week he was released in Winnipeg he had about 300 receiving yards in limited time didn't want to be on the practice roster, so they let him go. We'll see if he can get on the field. But there actually is a lot of receiver depth in Saskatchewan, and that is why Deron Carter can play defense. One more note, we're talking Cavis Reed. <laughs> They've oh already my. said he will still be the GM in Montreal next year, and that actually Andrew Wettenhall said the team is not for sale. Uh, they're going to keep doing what they're doing with Montreal. A couple of interesting names thrown out there as possible names in the head coaching mix for next year. Paul Lapalise and Devon Claybrooks. Do you see either of these guys being the head guy next year? Uh, yeah, I can see one of those two guys. I, I can also see a few doors getting knocked anyway for Benavides. 
Um, so I think that there's there's some possibilities. Uh, Clay Brooks for sure. I mean, that defense has just run amazingly well. I don't know if he's in his own mind ready to take the next step into to head coaching and of course Lapo I'm sure he just wants to get back to uh, to head coaching and honestly he should have still been a head coach in Winnipeg for a lot longer than he was yeah. so definitely a possibility there I don't know exactly what the relationships are with Cavis and either, any of those guys but uh, it'd be interesting to see if, if any one of them gets pulled over. Cavis and Lapo have been on the same staff before yep. uh I don't know if they get along. I don't know if <laughs> Cavis gets along with many people these days. Obviously, they're still keeping him on. But yes. <laughs> I, I am just so shocked that the trade deadline comes and goes, and they didn't ship anybody out. I don't care if it was neg list or draft picks. Do something. Yeah, I, I could see that. I could also see with Cavis actually being on the sideline, to assess these guys firsthand because he had only really just taken over as the head coach for what two weeks at that yeah, point. Yeah, he the wasn't the head happened. coach. Yeah. So, so I could see where there is a little bit of a okay, let's let's actually get down there into the trenches and kind of see what's going on. But I mean, the general consensus was do something. Yeah. I, the, the one that I was actually really surprised with is John Bowman not getting an opportunity to go yeah. to a contender because he's obviously a veteran that's been around for a long time and deserves that respect. I think he probably should have found a different home with at least a chance for a run. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think he, he deserves it, but man, that guy has been alouette through and through and he's one of the, he's one of the greats. Uh, Absolutely. To, to ever wear that uniform. Let's talk about the, the the games from last week. Time for the Fantasy Expose on the 2 and Out podcast. And I, we got to start with the Riders beating Calgary 30-7. to And this call from Rod Peterson. Two by three set for Bo Levi. Riders blitz. He stands back, puts it up, and Deron Carter picks him off. There he goes, 35-yard line. 30. He's still on his feet is Deron. Oh, he's going to take this to the house. 20. This is unbelievable. 15-10. Touchdown. Believe I shut your mouth. Mama, <laughs> there goes that man. That is unreal. I don't know. I, I found that hilarious. <laughs> Oh, man. I had actually not heard the radio call. Oh, that you is you absolutely hilarious. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know how much I'm uh, a fan of Bo Levi, so that's yeah. really quite funny. I, 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 and, I mean, that's what you call, um, uh, what is that? Poetic justice is that yeah. what they call that? Um, <laughs> that was that was pretty that was pretty amazing. From the eye test, what did you think Duran looked like as a DB? I, I thought he didn't look out of place. I, I thought he actually was staying on guys pretty well. I mean, if you're going to talk about a guy who can play man to man, now I don't know. I wasn't watching that closely for when they were trying any zone defense, but Jones yeah. very rarely does that anyway. Yeah. But man to man, he could stick on a guy. I thought he did all right. He looked really awkward when they were trying to blitz him. I oh, th- I guess. Yes, I could see that. <laughs> I thought it. I'm like, that doesn't look right. And they, they, they were able to get him to jump offside. But at times when he was blitzing, I'm like, nah. 
that doesn't look right at all. Kevin Glenn got the early yank in this one, but I thought he didn't look that horrible. I actually thought it was quite early because Brandon Bridge comes in. He goes 10 of 19 for 133, but the two interceptions. So he wasn't really, you know, lighting the world on fire when he came in either, but he did add another element when it came to uh, the rushing. He had quite a bit of rushing yards in this one, but the Riders won this one with their defense and their special teams. That Christian Jones, he had a 61-yard punt return touchdown. The Riders finally have a return game of their own wow. since bringing what's him in. What's that like? Yeah. What's that like? <laughs> having a return, like somebody who can return it past the 25 yard line? <laughs> that's, that's just such, that's so, it's brilliance. I love it. Um, and you know what? I just, I just want to go back for a second to Bridge because you were talking about him. Yeah. The thing that I really like about Bridge is, is like you said, the running game, but just the fact that there is that dynamic that he could run or he could throw and you just not really sure. And I think it does give the rider offense a completely different look. Right. So as much as, yes, he wasn't as like super successful. I, I can totally see where bringing him in just totally changes the look of that offense, and, and I, I think it actually is a good thing. This offseason is going to be very interesting. He is a free agent, and I, I don't know what Chris Jones has planned. I have a hunch that he's going for Kalaros or Manziel, and Bridge and Glenn are going to be gone. I, uh, I, I'm interested to see where Bridge ends up next season. Now, hang on a second there. Not once in there did you say that he'd be going after Franklin. <laughs> I think the Franklin ship has sailed. I, I, I'm not sure you're a true Ryder fan if you're not saying that he's going after Franklin, because that's all that they say. Is that actually, how that works? I actually think he's going to go to uh, Hamil- or not Hamilton, but Toronto or Montreal now. I, I actually believe that uh, that Franklin ends up in Montreal. That That is what I believe will happen. Um it brings a tear to my eye, but I would love because uh, I would love to have him stay here. But I, I do think that they'll find a way to have him go out east before anybody gets an opportunity to sign him in free agency. Your other point, I agree. I don't know what's going to happen with those other two. Is is yeah. is Glenn going to sign the one day deal with the Eskimos to get the CFL bingo and retire? <laughs> that would be one of the most bizarre things. I've ever seen because usually a guy will sign a one-day contract with a team that he has spent the most time with or had the most success with and then retires. But to sign with a team that he has no history with (laughs) just to retire, I would love to see that. That would be – it would be – so many CFL fans would love that. I know. I mean, how do you not just love that of the fact that he's, he would just sign just to get the bingo? And then whenever the time comes that the whole debate comes up about him going into the Hall of Fame, which team does he go in as? He could go in as all nine. It'd be amazing. <laughs> that locks it up. Like, if you play for all nine teams, you're a Hall of Famer. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care what you did with each of those teams. He didn't even suit up for Ottawa, and we still count it. So, I mean, <laughs> it's very true. Very true. <laughs> I do have to say something. Like, this game, every Ryder fan that picked Calgary gets attacked by other Ryder fans that pick Saskatchewan saying that you need to eat crow. No, 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 no. 
Calgary had never lost to the Rough Riders with Bo Levi Mitchell as their starting quarterback. They had won, what, 17 games in a row at home? Uh, All these West wins in a row. Picking Saskatchewan does not make you, or picking Calgary does not make you a negative fan. And I don't think you need to eat crow. If you say the Stamps are going to stomp them 52-3 to and all this stuff, maybe you do need to eat crow. But... By picking the Stampeders, that's where the smart money was in this game. <laughs> it, I was going to say, that comes down to, well, do you want to win or do you want yeah. to just be picking your team all the time? Yeah. And that's I, and that's a different type of player when you're in pick them, right? So of course. that's not, yeah, I, I've many times this year picked against the Eskimos. <laughs> I love to be wrong. I would like to get points. And if I'm wrong, <laughs> great. And if, I, if I'm right, well, then I get points and pick them. So I'm not nearly as upset about the loss. Well, See? I remember talking to you a few weeks ago before Thanksgiving, uh, and you thought the Eskimos were never going to win a game well, for the rest of the season. <laughs> it sure felt that way. It sure <laughs> felt like it, it went from such a high to such a low in such a short span of time that it yeah. was like, oh, and they just couldn't, nothing was connecting. And now it is. Now, granted, we've played three teams that aren't West powerhouse teams, but right. they're on a roll, so we'll we'll take it. Next game, Toronto beats Winnipeg on a wow. play that can only happen in the CFL. Medlock missed from 39 earlier. This will be a 39-yard field goal drive. Back it off the Schneider. Hit on a 53-yarder, though, right after that. And three Argos in the end zone. The kickout play, Hira Law, who's back there as well. So the kickout play, if he misses, wins in his face as well off the lake here. is the holder. Officially a 40-yard try, and it is no good. Hiralahu has it, kicks it out. Ball game! And gets it out of bounds. Well, a kicker wins it for Toronto, but it's the Argo kicker from the end zone who does it, and Toronto finally wins a close one, 29-28. Only in the Canadian Football League will you see that. I absolutely love the end of that game. It was an entertaining game, front to back. Now, uh, Toronto attendance isn't getting talked about as much. I thought this looked like one of the better crowds of the season, and they are loud. The fans that show up in Toronto are quite loud. I don't buy the conspiracy theory that they're pumping fake noise in. Oh, jeez, I haven't even I hadn't even heard that, but well, I think that no, I've been I on think the that dark that... depths of Twitter, my friend, and uh, <laughs> get well, the tinfoil out. And I'll show you those dark depths of Twitter. That's uh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure you know all about them. I don't want to. I don't need to know about that. I, I I just think that no, those Toronto fans that are there are loud and they are passionate. Oh yeah, and. I I'd love to see that crowd continue to grow, but you could that that game. I bet if you were in that stadium, it was just an, ele- an electric feel. Like you could feel it through watching the game. It's it looked amazing, and it was a really really fun game. Actually, <laughs> kind of yeah. um, you know, obviously the ending was was really good, but to see the Argos really have a, a great game at home was also awesome to see. 
James Wilder returns 112 yards, two touchdowns on 18 carries. Uh, Devere Posey was uh, the big receiver for Toronto. He had 128 yards. And Weston Dressler comes back, has 129 yards with Darvin Adams being absent. But all of a sudden, and I saw Rod Peterson say this too, maybe going west could become the easier route here. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that. It it could be the possibility. Winnipeg and Calgary are kind of faltering at the oh, wrong yeah. time. So Winnipeg in this game, they lose two offensive linemen, Travis Bond and Jamarcus Hardrick. They're going to miss this week's game. They lost Mo Leggett last week. They lost Darvin Adams. They're getting hurt at the completely wrong time. Maybe that is the team you want to play in the West Semi. And and as I hear that, I'm like, geez, this sounds awfully familiar. Yeah. And yet, uh, so I feel for the people in Winnipeg because here they, they've had so little injuries the entire season. And then to be hit like this, especially Travis Bond. And yeah. I mean, to me, he was the difference maker when he came in last year. And I think he was a huge part of making that offensive line what it was. And, and that was both literal and figurative. And the guy's just a mountain, and I think he's totally made that offensive line what it is, and it's it it hurts when you see good players like that go down. doesn't matter what team it is because you just want to go best on best. Well, in that offensive line up until now, the only one in the league where they had the save, same unit every game. Yeah, and that is such a huge benefit for a team. Oh, yeah. And now you see that there's that change, and and – I mean, really, Toronto kind of took it to Winnipeg for most of the game. Um, the the score kind of flattered Winnipeg, I thought, but they they were finding ways and just couldn't find that last way. And and that play where Medlock misses, like who would have thought that Medlock would have been kicking like this this year? Because he's always like, you know, it's like Sean White. You just assume it's going in, and now there's that question mark over his head. I wonder what has happened to him because that Edmonton game, he missed three, which yep. was wow. And, of course, the Eskimos didn't take advantage, but yes, yeah. yes, he did miss three and, and um, a back-to-back three, which was yeah. bizarre. Yeah, very, very bizarre. So in this one, he misses a game winner. Uh, it looked like it was going in, and then I don't know if the wind or the spin or whatever, but, man, Medlock is... Uh, Last year he was looking like the best signing of all time, and this year it's <laughs> it's not looking too good for him. Now, it's a touch questionable. Yes. Yeah. Before we go too far, okay. Ricky Ray in this game goes over sixty thousand passing. Thank Standing you. ovation. Yeah. At me too. Absolutely. Uh, I for some reason forgot to say that on my show but Ricky Ray man uh, he's we have you loved that watching your show I know I missed it I I, I I did forgot to write it down or something but now I'll never forget it uh Ricky is the man and we've loved watching that career and and another great game here does he go to Edmonton as a coach or a backup next year Ooh, that is is a I I still think that Ricky has enough fire that he still wants to be on the field. Yeah. So I think he ends up as the 
backup and then he'll move into coaching at some point but it just doesn't make sense to keep him and Moss away for too terribly long I think they're too good of a team together Let's talk about your Eskimos. They beat the Lions 35-29. I don't usually play a clip from the losing team, but in this one, I have to. So long to boot it away. Inside the 10. Zilstra oh. dropped the football. It's loose. Benson's got it. Touchdown, PC. The long snapper, Mike Benson. It just goes to show you that playing receiver is a lot different than playing uh, returner, just like <laughs> Brandon Zilstra found out in this one. But the Eskimos didn't do this win the easy way at all. Uh, no, they haven't done anything the easy way this year and uh it's very hard uh, very hard on uh, the old tickers of us <laughs> fans because uh they just can't seem to do it now I, this is kind of a funny story i was actually texting with uh, ut uh on saturday as we were watching the game and uh it there you know they got to that five minutes left 16 points down and he just says ah well I'm too old. This is over. I'm going to bed. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. And, uh, you know, then, of course, they score the, the, the TD to tie it. And I just text back. I'm like, tie game. And I the text I got back was, son of a. <laughs> it's fantastic. So, um, yeah, I mean, as much as the rest of the, like, the second and third quarters were just oh, painful. Yeah. And then that last five minutes, it, it, I, I, how many times have we seen that this year where it truly is year. no lead is safe? Like, I cannot believe the number of times, not just with the Eskimos, but with every team, how many times that there's been this wide gap and all of a sudden the other team is storming back to win the game. It, it's amazing to watch. Wasn't much rushing in this one. Ladarius Perkins had 46 yards, while Jeremiah Johnson only had 32 yards. And it's been, uh, a lot of people have said it, the BC Lions don't have any identity. And Jeremiah Johnson one week, is they're giving him the ball nonstop. He lights it up. And then the next week, oh, here's seven carries. You're not going to get anything done with seven carries. But it was like 2015 all over again for the Edmonton Eskimos. It was all Walker and Bowman in this one. Do you see Bowman being this dominant the rest of the way, or is this just one of those games? He did look a lot faster than he has since coming back from his injury, I thought. 100% agree. He looked more like the Adarius yeah. that we know. Uh, it'd be interesting to see. I have a feeling that, I mean, he's now ramping up. I mean, I, I think that hamstring injury was just that was a lot for him to take and, and a lot of other things going on on his plate as well. But that was the bounce back game that every Eskimo fan wanted to see. And, and then they start covering Bowman and they go to Walker and the next game they'll start covering Walker and they'll go to Zilstra. And that was what we expected to see at the beginning of the season. So that part is amazing. And, and Bowman really of course had this bounce back game gets his 600th catch of his career, which was awesome. And uh, of course, scored the the touchdown that then turned that into the the tying points. Once Zilstra finally gets catches a pass in the end zone <laughs> yeah. for the first time in that game, so yeah. uh, I mean it that that was crazy. G- going back to the running though, I think BC's running is a little bit indicative of their offensive line. Yeah, 
I mean, the Eskimos got five sacks in this game. There was a whole bunch of pressures, and they they were on the most of the night. And I don't think that that offensive line is getting that space for Jeremiah Johnson and where he's actually getting to run is on the outside, which is giving the other team time to come back and get him. Same kind of thing with Ladarius Perkins in this game. He didn't run much up the middle, and that's where you see the benefit of having like CJ Gable and John White, guys who want to go up the middle and have contact. And I think that that's a big difference in the BC Lions running game right now. Johnson did have uh, less than four yards of carry in this one, but I, I guess I see with Hamilton at the beginning of the year, everybody was criticizing their offensive line. They started with Alex Green here, you know, right around Labor Day or a little after that, and then that offensive line gets their confidence to get more involved, and I think it happened in Toronto, too. Uh, You'd think they would take the heat off of that inexperienced offensive line in BC by running more. Uh, Yes, yeah, let them get into the game a bit. Yeah, because, I mean, I I played offensive line for a bit in high school. I hated it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I have to let this guy come and hit me for half of the plays? That's not fun. <laughs> I want to go hit them. <laughs> I, I was a way better as a D lineman because then I could just do whatever I wanted, really. <laughs> that, that makes sense. That may, I can understand that. Why do I have to stand here and get pummeled on instead yeah. of running at somebody? I get that. I get it. This is lame. Uh, now I really respect offensive linemen. I, I really do respect what they do. Uh, the last game of the week, Hamilton absolutely smashes Montreal 43-16. Banks with a 45, finds a seam. He's got the kicker to beat. Brandon Banks gets away. And now a full race to the end zone. And Banks is gone. Brandon Banks is back in the end zone with a kick return. His first in 25 games. Takes it back 65 yards. It's 11th career kick return touchdown. Brandon Banks, uh, since June Jones has become the coach of the Tiger Cats, it's almost been like a shot of adrenaline in his arm. He has been a great receiver, but now they had him returning kicks again, and it was like the old Brandon Banks, who was the most electrifying player in the CFL and sports entertainment for a time and to to see him return a kick again uh it made me happy it really did uh man he had a return touchdown and he had 129 receiving yards it's really too bad that it took him that long to switch coaches I don't know if they would have switched Austin at game four if they would have had this site this sort of success but it's just a completely different team oh absolutely you look at them and you see a competitive team that is playing with a lot more confidence than they were at the beginning of the season and yeah obviously june jones is the biggest part of that but that connection between mazzoli and banks just seems to be really strong as well right like banks uh, what did he end up with? 230 all-purpose yards in this game, and uh, which my fantasy thanks him for immensely. <laughs> and it uh, he's he just looks like that old explosive Brandon Banks, like you said. And that punt return was was pretty cool to watch. And, and uh, granted, yes, and I've had people say this to me. I mean, you have to take a little bit of a grain of salt, being that they were playing against Montreal, but. 
man, that connection just looks like something else. And and Mazzoli, I mean, he's he's not lighting the world on fire as far as throwing, but he's getting over 300 yards in two, three games now. And he's showing that consistency and obviously has that connection, put, put the ball into the playmakers hands and away they go. Hey, Banks had 115 yards against Calgary. So uh, does that True. one count to the haters? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. I was, I was okay with that one too. Yeah. <laughs> Banks is just, he's become a different player. Now, what I found interesting in the game that they said was that the, Zach Caleros came in for like a series and they said that they were practicing the June Jones system and running Austin's system during the games. Doesn't that just sound counterproductive? Absolutely. That sounds completely backwards. Yeah. I don't get it because, well, there's no way right now that they can say they were running Austin's system on the field because they run the ball. In well, now Austin's they're not, yeah. system, they never did. <laughs> no. So so you got to know that this isn't Austin's system on the field when Alex Green is getting the ball at a fairly regular clip and getting some yards. Yeah, and uh, part of me just thinks Caleros maybe didn't get uh, a fair shake. Maybe he was just bunt, bunt, bunting heads with uh, Kent Austin and it really just created a, a bad offense that was doing absolutely nothing. I wonder what he would do with this offense behind center. Uh, I find it hard to believe that he wouldn't be able to do what Mazzoli's doing. Yeah, you'd think that. Now, the difference being, though, is that Zach doesn't give the same dimension of tuck it and run like Mazzoli does. So there is, a again, much like the whole Kevin Glenn, Brandon Bridge thing, um, that that extra element of knowing that the quarterback could just take off on his own and actually just call his own number. That's not likely to happen with Zach Calero. So um, I would still like to see Caleros run the offense because I still think that he can, you know, he is a higher accuracy thrower as far yeah. as getting those passes in there. And with having some semblance of a run game, then he doesn't have to worry about the defense pinning their ears back and coming at him every play, right? So Absolutely. it'd be interesting to see how he would handle that system. But I do think that Mazzoli runs it a bit better at this moment only because there is that dimension of him taking off. Did you put your CFL fantasy lineup together? I did. What's it look like? Well, I, I don't guarantee that it is going to stay this way because even when I did it, I was like, this doesn't i don't know it's it's really kind of bugging me actually (laughs) (laughs) i always changed mine for the worse i took banks out last week i oh Oh, you'll love mine i took uh i took um james wilder jr out last week oh no and replaced him with andrew harris oh let me tell you how badly that shot me in the foot. It was, oh, I was so upset. So anyway, right now uh, I've got uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli starting at quarterback again. Me too. Uh, going up against Ottawa, I figure, well, I heard that Gavin's got hurt and thought, oh, that might be a little spot where they might pick on him. Uh, Alex Green in at running back again because he's not uh, he's not the cheapest, but he is producing some, some yards out of that. Christian Jones from Saskatchewan because he is returning kicks and he's being rotated in on the offense. Brandon Banks off of uh, Hamilton, of course, because I like to 
you know, link up with a quarterback. I did put Deron Carter in there, and that's the one that I'm likely going to switch at some point, but I did put him in there for now. Uh, Weston Dressler for Winnipeg and the Saskatchewan Rough Rider defense. Just about the same lineup, although I like the price on Messam this week. Uh, I threw him in against the Eskimos and Devaris Daniels as well. Uh, I, I, I just can't see the Stamps getting smashed again. I know it's in Edmonton and, <laughs> you know, anything can happen. But I like Messam and Daniels, but I know it's against your, you know, you can't pick a Stampede. You got it. You got it. That's exactly what it is. I'm like, ah, oh, I, I could pick him, but then if he does well, then I feel like, oh, great. I picked him in fantasy and he did well, and then our team got beat, and I hate that. So I was having a really rough go with that. I did look at Messam, though, and you're right. He is on a good deal this week. Yeah, and it's taken all year. Uh, to get a reasonable deal on him, man. <laughs> yeah, well, and see, I got burned by him early in the year, so ah. I'm, I'm a little less likely to say, oh, yeah, sure, I'll pick him, and then he gets like eight yards, and it pisses me <laughs> off, so yeah. I have that, too. I hold grudges. I picked Zilstra last week. I made my whole lineup around him because he was like 10,000, and he did nothing. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. <laughs> I will never pick him again. <laughs> Well, you will miss out at some point. It was I will. he was better in the mid season when he was like six thousand. Oh yeah, and you would guarantee like getting fifteen to twenty points every game. I was like, perfect. That's ex- that's the sweet spot, right? And it's hard to find guys like that now because all of them are starting to get overpriced. Yeah, let's pick our uh, winners for this week. It's everyone's favorite game show. Are you smarter than two overweight Canadian podcasters? Pick the weekly winners in the CFL on Facebook or Twitter at Two and Out CFL. Oh, you're looking good, though. I might have to change that in through intro when you're on the show. <laughs> well, I'm slowly working on it. Slowly working on it. So well, uh, that's okay. For now, it still counts if you want to go. You know, totally based on uh, the medical charts. So it's all okay. Good. Okay. Good. <laughs> Uh, our picks are brought to you by SeatGiant.ca. Uh, tickets for anything on there, concerts, hockey games, CFL games. Use the promo code Poutine. You'll save yourself a bit of cash. I like that. Promo code Poutine. It's I a real it. thing. Uh, Hamilton and Ottawa. This Friday, it's the Friday night doubleheader. Well, kind of like a double and three-quarter header because the games <laughs> overlap. Why do they do that? I hate that. But... <laughs> I, I want to watch the depth chart because maybe Hamilton wants the audition, guys. I have a sneaky suspicion they want to, and they have downplayed it, saying they don't want to play the role of spoiler and they don't really care about that, but they want to beat Ottawa. Whether they're saying it or not, they really want to give uh, Ottawa the boot as they head into the playoffs, and I think they're going to bring them a tough game this week. I 100% agree, and I said it earlier this week, that Hamilton stills rem- still remembers the catch. Oh, yeah. In 2015, I believe that was. And uh, so I think they're well ready to go, 
Oh, really? Well, you have a chance at a home playoff game for or a bye week. Maybe we have something to say in that. And, uh, and and Hamilton's just been playing so well. And it's interesting now when you get to that point where you're playing more for fun and auditioning, obviously, for next year. But you're you're you don't have that pressure of getting in. And guys are playing more loose. You saw that with Simone Lawrence last week. I have a feeling that. Hamilton's going to be coming, and this is not going to be an easy game for Ottawa. Yeah, and they did it last week against Montreal. That game didn't matter at all, but they came out with fire, and uh, they're going to do it again. So, uh, yeah, I'm picking Hamilton. You're picking Hamilton. Where did you find this song? Oh, my goodness. This it's is a good a, one. This is a great tune, and it is one that uh, I found. So this is from 93, I believe. And uh, so to give you a little bit of uh, context, this is shortly after I graduated and uh, into uh, into university, and I was just into some hardcore tunes at that point. <laughs> so I pulled, actually, because I, I, I always look to see, okay, I want to find new bands to play whenever we come on here it's one of the most exciting things for me is when we when i come on i'm like oh i can pick tunes yay and um so yeah this one it uh, as soon as i saw the band name i'm like oh i i gotta go for this tune Bengali. Nice. <laughs> Under the influence. What kind of haircut did you have in 93? Um, let's see. I had the um, I had the full-on mullet in 93, Sick. actually. Oh, the, yep, yep. Absolutely. Business on the top and party in the back. It was actually uh, as low, like it was below my shoulder blades. Like it was wow. Yeah, I had long hair at that point. So it kind of fit with this particular band. Will you post a photo of this? Not a damn chance. Damn it! (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) Well, maybe. We'll see. We'll see Please. how much. We'll see how much do you want that uh, t- Twitter awards nomination? We'll figure something out. Okay, all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, the second half, Saskatchewan plays Montreal. Darian Durant will play. I, I don't know how much he'll play. I, Saskatchewan's going to win. Oh yeah, they are going to win. I do hope though that with Darian coming back, that he does get a warm welcome from the Ryder fans because he did a lot for them when he was there. And uh, I know a lot of fans are still, you know, attached to Darian Durant. And uh, I remember how hard it was for us when Ricky Ray came back here for yeah. the first time. But, you, you you know, you stand up and you clap for him and then you cheer your life out against him. And, yeah, Saskatchewan's going to win this game for sure. Yeah, I think uh, before the game, they'll they'll treat him with respect, I think, for sure. And uh, I do think he deserves it. And I think... Maybe it would have been different if this game was in July. Um, yeah. <laughs> you mean more when Montreal had a chance of showing up? Yeah. Like, yeah. Can you imagine if this game was right after when Montreal beat Saskatchewan and Darian Durant went to the rider bench and was chirping off? This game would have meant so much then. But since then, it has been an absolute free fall for the Alouettes. I, I feel bad. For Darian. 
Yeah, I, no, I agree. I agree. Although, if he just wants to have that one really good game before the end of the season, I'd be really okay with that. So, where you're an Eskimo fan, where do you want to go? East or West? I don't care. Are we, are we in the playoffs? That's perfectly fine. But if, but if the Montreal finds a way to beat Saskatchewan and we just know our place, I I love it. I'm very okay with that. And there's still an outside chance of a uh, second place for Edmonton, isn't there? It's a long shot, but there is. But I mean, Winnipeg Winnipeg plays BC this week, so <laughs> all they have to do is win that game. So <laughs> it would just—I don't want to—I don't want the stress of the last game to be dependent on <laughs> third right. and fourth. I'd rather it just be like, okay, let's just have a great game, and that's good. <laughs> You, you cut it right before that wicked oh. guitar riff. Oh, my God. I love that song. It is such a good tune. There were so many bands to pick from Saskatchewan. Oh, yeah. Th- there's a lot of great acts from that province. Like, I was I was so torn, but I, I just, lately, that song is, I just love that tune. But, I mean, Colin James, Widemouth Mason, I was like, ah, I have so many choices. But th- that was a good one. The first unsigned band to be on the cover of the Rolling Stone, the Sheepdogs. That's the story that I love. Love um, it. BC and Winnipeg. I actually think the Lions are going to put up a bit of a fight here. They they put up one against Edmonton. It all depends if they're going to play their starters or not. I, I don't know if they will in this one. Uh, they don't really need to. Um, and Winnipeg's really banged up. I, I, I kind of wonder if the Lions can take advantage. Yeah, it's definitely a possibility, and I think that this is going to be a very close game, but I think it's very important for Winnipeg to win one at home and lock up that home playoff game for their fan base, and I I have a feeling that they're going into the game with that mindset. Um, Now, would BC be happy to play spoiler? Absolutely. I mean, they are finding ways to, to play reasonably well, but... I just think overall Winnipeg still, even though they are banged up, they are the better team, and and they want to win at home. That's why I go with Winnipeg. Yeah, the Watchmen. Oh, I was totally grooving out with air guitar to that one. Love it. (laughs) So uh, at the 2011 Grey Cup in Vancouver, they had the bomber party at the Elephant and Castle. Yes. $5 cover if you wear blue. If you wear green, 10 bucks. I thought it was a joke. (laughs) I went to the door. Nope. It wasn't a joke. I had to pay double the cover everyone is. But the point is, they played all Winnipeg music, and there was a lot of good bands from that town. The Watchmen was one of them, and I was on a big Watchmen kick after that Grey Cup. They're a great band. They really are. And uh, I hadn't heard Boneyard Tree in a long time, actually. And I just went back, and I was just kind of scrolling through their list of tunes because I didn't want to go with one that everybody knows. And I'm like, oh, man, Boneyard Tree is such a great... Okay, that's the one we got to go with. It's fantastic. Edmonton and Calgary, Saturday night football. 
Man, when's the last time Calgary lost two in a row? Who are you picking? <laughs> I will be fair and say right up front, I am picking this one with my heart and not my brain. And uh, uh, you're right. Calgary is not likely to win, to lose two in a row. And uh, I see my Freudian slip there. They're not, they're not likely to win. I like that. And um, <laughs> so, uh, but you know what? The Eskimos are just on a on a finding ways to win role again which i mean it never again it doesn't make it easy at all for us but i think at home edmonton finds a way to pull it together and pull this one off i actually do too calgary has it's kind of scary when a team can have a record like they do and not be firing on all cylinders and uh, I, I just think this time of year it's going to catch up to them if they can't put it all together. Edmonton is, I think they are putting it all together at just the right time. So I'm going Edmonton Chuck as well, or Edmund Chuck. I screwed that up. <laughs> That's but. nice, though. I appreciate you going with the, the right shade of green. That's good. <laughs> I can't play the damn fight song. Uh, I, no, I. you know what? Let me be fair. The fight song, it, it, as much as it, I don't mind hearing it every now and again, Every week is a lot for that particular version. <laughs> if you're playing the original, I probably would have been like, okay, that's fine. I'm good with that. But the, that, that one is rough. I'm like, plus, we had Steve on our show from Tupelo Honey. You need a little oh, yeah. Tupelo Honey. He's a good guy, yeah. He's for sure. Oh, yeah. Great band from Edmonton, Tupelo, honey. Absolutely. And that song, man, that song just rocks. It's fantastic. And my my boys still ask for it. We, they're like, oh, can we listen to Dancing With Your Ghost? Like, yeah, absolutely. We just crank <laughs> that tune in the in the car and enjoy every moment of it. So now, what if like the Eskimos had a hip-hop theme night? And Brian Hall wore a backwards hat with like baggy <laughs> jeans and did the rap version of the Eskimo fight song. I would hope that they would promote that beforehand so that all <laughs> the people could come in and watch that scene. Because let me tell you, I would be in there. I'd be like, well, can he just move over a section and do that right beside Superfan Mike? Because that would be outstanding. <laughs> Well, he would be choked. No, he would. I think we would all really get a great laugh out of it. It'd be fantastic. Oh, I'd, I want to see this. I would totally stand up in between the third and fourth quarter and sing that song that way <laughs> at least once. It would be really funny. Like everyone else would be like, "What is going on?" <laughs> I'd be like, "Oh yeah, I I'll, I would just put my sign up. I heard this on two and out every week for a year." <laughs> <laughs> oh man alright buddy Andrew thanks for coming on the podcast this week plug your stuff alright awesome but thank you for having me again no, it's, no it's always a blast and like I said I get so excited about the tunes but I love the conversation <laughs> with uh, you and Brazilian Thai it's always a blast uh, you can find the Eskimo Empire podcast of course all on uh, everywhere you get podcasts iTunes Google Play uh, YouTube and of course now we have a brand new website uh, nice. eskempire.ca and uh, we've got blogs going on there with uh, Kayla is writing uh, some blogs for us 
us. Uh, we've got all of our streaming for the podcast. Our Instagram and, and Twitter and Facebook is all right there. And uh, so it's easy to get in touch with us and tell us what you think of the show. And, and we can uh, kind of join in the conversation. Uh, I can't even follow that. I don't have a website. I don't have a... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's but, okay. You you have you have a boisterous personality. I do, and I have a Facebook page and a Twitter awesome. account. See, uh, those are good. <laughs> at two and out CFL, not nominate us. Hey, and Andrew for a CFL Twitter award. We'll go head to head in the popularity contest uh, during Grey Cup week. Okay, <laughs> and uh, maybe me and Brazilian Ty will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.